shine. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 The Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Double Barrel Wednesday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break, fun show so far. You got the podcast at theticketfm.com. Great suggestions for the mailbag. Sean Callahan was good as well. We'll talk to Parker Gabriel next segment. By the way, thanks to Bagels and Joe for providing us our coffee this morning. It is delicious. Oh, big thank you, yes. Provides us our caffeine. It's yes. tasty. Thank you, Bagels and Joe. This yes. coffee, is, I don't know what it is, but it's really good. I got mine in... Uh, a dinosaur Thanks, mug. thank you, Jake, for yes. making it last night. Harrison was pleased. He came in and the coffee was ready. Harrison, I try a, to start the day off strong for all of us here. Harrison and me get along in part because he likes good music and coffee. You, you do d- not like good music. <laughs> I like coffee though. I'm new to the coffee game as of like two you years are, ago. And now you're all in, Elizabeth. Yeah. Watch him. He's all. I had in. like five cups yesterday, and yeah. I said I need to stop. Yeah, yeah that's this a lot. Is too much. That's a lot. I, was, I like it. It makes me. I, I was sitting at we, we we have the remote at Chick Fil A on Tuesdays, and yeah. I was sitting there at like twelve thirty. Yeah, drinking a coffee. I'm like, why am I still oh, doing? Oh this? no, no, Lori. Lori gets really mad tricks. Lori gets mad at me. I'll come home at eight p.m. with a coffee. She's no, like, I would never doing? do that. What no. are you doing? You're not going to be able to fall. Actually, at that time, it kind of helps me calm down. How it's caffeinated unless it's, it's decaf. No, it's not. By the way, decaf coffee. Don't touch I, decaf. I don't think why. There's What's the point of decaf coffee? It doesn't taste good enough to have decaf. Right. Thank you. Another take by me. Yeah, Decaf no, a, coffee is dumb. Take. Okay, let's talk about something. Okay. Uh, why a lot of people want the Frost tenure to work. Now, I want to preface this by saying, I'm not saying it's working. and I'm not saying it's going to work. Okay? Or it'll be allowed to work, you mean? Why they want it to work. Why they want this to work. Okay, we talk about this thing of, well, you can go find a coach, throw a bunch of money at him. All right, throw eight million at a coach. Well, I get it. That's that makes sense to me. But what I think what people like it makes sense to me to a point. What people like is you have two guys now in the athletic department that this is as much a Trev conversation now, Trev Alberts, the AD, as a Scott Frost conversation, the head coach. They they like a lot of people like that picture. Two guys that want to be here. You don't have to pay them an exorbitant amount to be here because they want to be here. They they want to work together. And they're both they've both been really successful before Nebraska. And they came back to Nebraska. Trev, you know, to Nebraska, the campus I'm talking about, because he was at UNO. But these are two iconic players, former Huskers, that that are all in on wanting it to work. And I I think that that's a lot. That's a big well, reason. Who's why denying th- that, though? Nobody. I'm just. That's not. Nobody's denying it. Nobody's denying it. But I, I'm just saying that's why a lot, I think a lot of people. I think that's why a lot of people are are slow to let go and and give Scott slack at 15 and 26 because they want him to work. 
that whole thing, we've done this thing where we've, we've thrown money at outside guys that came in, and I don't know that Mike Riley seemed all that interested. I mean, is that going to happen again? You just throw money at a guy, he's just here for money? And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. The, the, the problem is that I, I get what you're saying there. The problem is is this. I, I'm with you. I, again, I want it to work out. I believe everything you said. I'm in that category. Scott Frost oh, is from here. I don't think here. people think about it that much. I think they do. I don't. But Because a lot of people are very quick to move on. The fear you have, though, is if you hang on to Frost, Uh-oh, which Vegas is Bob very possible. Up. If you hang on to Frost and Nebraska goes 3-9 and nine or 4-8, and eight, how do you, how do you sit here as a supporter or or somebody out there? How how is a, a supporter out there of Scott Frost sell progress and belief for next year? It'd be hard. That's the problem here, right? Is well, that, no, no. Hold on, it's not impossible. How, how do you sell hope for next season? Well, first of all, you look at the roster. They're um, losing a lot of guys. They're they got a lot of guys back though. But they're losing JoJo Doman, a huge part of the defense. Well, Deontay Williams is if gone. If you want to play this game, we can play it. I played it yesterday in my head. I looked at the two deep and I looked at the tackle totals. And if you want to start with the defense, yeah, it's a it's the classic. You lose a lot, but you have a lot back. Well, let's, let's start with the defense. Yeah, you lose JoJo Doman, Dante Williams, but you have your top two tacklers back, and you have three of the top five and four of the top six. Luke Reimer's the leading tackler on the team. He's back. Nick Henrich, second leading tackler. He's back. Quentin Newsom, I think, is a rising star at corner. He's back. Garrett Nelson, nine and a half tackles for loss, leads the team easily. He's back. Damian Daniels probably will be back. Kolarovich is back. Caleb Tanner's back, Ty Robinson back, DeAndre Thomas back, Feldarius Payne back, Casey Rogers back, Isaac Gifford. In, in a perfect Braxton world, Clark. these guys are back. Obviously, transfers are a part of college well, yeah, football I mean, right Yeah, now. I guess you, you can... And I'd be curious, is there any sort of exodus of guys that lead this offseason? If Frost, if Frost isn't the well, coach. What if he is the coach? I mean, right. they're 15 and 26. These guys came here to not just play. Yeah, but you they can't came build here to... an argument by, by, by what might happen. I can't. You're right. I, I mean, can't. come on. I mean, we could all. I could do that all day long. <laughs> they might beat Ohio State. Keep him. I mean, you can't yeah, do fair. that. Yeah, uh, but, might leave. But I think it is. It is fair to to question. Hey, you know, this is a team that has Stop. not made a bowl game in the. You know, if they don't win this weekend, they're not going to make a bowl yeah. game in the first four years of Scott Frost. I'm going to reset this by saying I'm not necessarily pushing for Frost to be brought back. I'm just saying I understand both sides. And I really understand why people want it to work. I do too. You know, I do too. But it, <laughs> I've wanted to work the whole time. It and, just and, hasn't so far. Well, now here's the thing, though. You would say. Now I talked to. Um, I, I'll just say a booster of substance yesterday. Okay, and his contention is let's let Alberts and Frost work together, because he thinks that there's already signs of Frost getting better with Trevin in tow that there's this conversation about about frost is looking more like a head coach than just a ball coach you know that he's you know what i'm talking about you got to manage the whole operation you know you got to show up to the press conferences looking good you got to play that game a little bit instead of just being just being a ball coach and there's people out there that want to see what it 
what it looks like with Trev and Frost. A legitimate sample size. Understandable. You know? well, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Instead of just moving on. Now, I'm just saying what people are, a lot of people are very well, and, passionate and Doc, about. Doc points out, and I think it's good to have this point from the text line. Okay, the guys you just mentioned defensively for Nebraska, all those guys back, he says, you're naming off guys that right now aren't good enough to help win games at Nebraska. Yeah, I don't, I mean. Those guys are back in Nebraska. A lot of those guys are young guys, though. I mean, they're gonna, this is the thing, Doc, and I get where you're coming from. That's not a, it's but a fine text to have. It is. It's perfectly fine. But I want to see what Luke Reimer looks like in two years. I mean, what's that? Now, Now, when I always say they don't have, hey, Jake, they don't have high-end NFL talent. I mean, Reimer, I wouldn't close the door on that discussion with Reimer. Nick Hendricks, I want to see what he looks like as a man. Like, as a, as a in two years, what's that look like? Because it already looks pretty good. I want to see, I want to see in two years what Quentin Newsom looks like. Because that looks pretty good right now as a young guy. Right? Garrett Nelson, same way. Garrett Nelson has developed, and he's got two more years of development. I, I want to see what Ty Robinson, he's got three more years in the program. What's that dude look like as a, as a senior? Jake, what's, what does Casey Rogers look like in two years? Miles Farmer, what's he look like in two years? What does, what does uh, Braxton Clark look like in two years? Marcus Buford in three years. I mean, well, where is that offensively, though? Okay, that's defense. Okay, offensive. Okay, well, I mean, that's come defense. on, come on. Offense is the same conversation. Look at the offensive line. I'm not saying that these guys are all inexperienced, but are, are we giving up on Turner Corcoran in his first years? Not starter? giving up on him, but Nebraska I think... used to not play freshman, redshirt freshman, or sophomores. Jake, you don't understand that because you weren't around. They used to not even play him. They wouldn't. They wouldn't see the field. Now you're relying. I on still it. think you have a fan base for the most part that says those guys need new teaching. They need they need well, somebody. I mean, some they need a new voice that. there. Yeah. A lot of no, not, a lot of people. Not some. <laughs> no, I was a lot of people. Not some. Right, a well, lot I, of people I, are saying there needs to be a new I, I, voice for the offensive line, fair. which I think is very true. That's fair. I mean, what's I don't I don't. It's somewhat fair. We're trying to think of reason or find all the reasons why it makes just, sense for Frost to stay. And I'm telling you, that well, makes sense if there's a new voice talking to the okay, offensive so line. Okay, so if you're looking at the running backs, look at the running back depth chart. R- Ramir Johnson, redshirt freshman. Jacques Yant, freshman. Marquis Stepp, sophomore. Sevian Morrison, freshman. Now, But are, I, those, are those guys anything, though? Are they going to be different? Are they going to step up? It's, I'd it's, like to see what Ramar, Ramir Johnson looks like in three years. I would. It's nice to have depth there. It's nice to have young guys, but they got to step up at some point. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see what Xavier Betts looks like in four years. Elante Brown um, in four years. You see what I'm saying? Well, Chris Hickman. This this is I want to point this out because we brought this up earlier in the show that you mentioned how hard it is to build in the Big Ten East right now. People are saying, it, this is all out the window if Greg Schiano is able to do what he's doing in year two at Rutgers, at six and six. I can't, well, how do you argue against Mel Tucker's well, eight no in a second year? At well, Michigan I want to see how that. I want to see how Rutgers plays out first of all. Well, they still have four wins. They might right. still have more wins than you, and all said and done, this they year might, in a tougher division. Never, I don't think you can use them as an example quite yet. I mean, again, I can't, I can't argue against your speculative. Four next next four games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, what if they lose three or four? Then, then you can't make a passionate argument. Tucker, Tucker. 
I mean, I would Tucker say this sure about can. the Frost Tucker thing. Frost out coached him this year. I mean, you can't deny that. Frost out coached Mel Tucker this year. There's no doubt about well, that in the second half. You say it won the game. No doubt about it in I the second half. It was a weird fluke. Yeah. yeah. There's no doubt about it. You could you could say Frost out coached Lincoln Riley. You could say out coached Harbaugh. I mean, you could say this, but who won the game? So I get it, but that's. I mean, you can find plenty of examples. But then he got out coached by PJ Fleck and Jeff Brown. Absolutely. Absolutely, which is what the concerning part Absolutely. is. Absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about those. But again, I just think you have to be fair in the conversation, and I get the reason I looked at the rosters because I guarantee Frost, Frost talks to Trev about that. All right, look at look at the young guys in our program. And they, you know, they have forty nine freshmen on the forty on the scholarship roster out of eighty five. Forty nine, and their goal is to freshman get a bunch of, and freshman. their goal is to get a bunch of transfers that are older JUCOs or older guys. Well, yeah, a bunch, just enough to get them over. I'm just, I'm just saying what Frost has said. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but that's his plan, and some will agree with it, and some won't. Some will think he's, I mean, you. You got to. You have to acknowledge the fact that the fan base is split. I, I acknowledge it every single day, right? And there's people that that are make and I and I'm in this case. I think we're giving voice to the people who want Frost back, and that's okay to give them voice. There's there's not there's not there's nothing wrong with doing that. <laughs> Even if that. I don't agree with it all, it's fine to give them that voice, right? I, what's wrong with it? You have upset a fan. What is that? Who's that? This is all caps coming in, all cap letters. That's always scary. I knew, I knew this was coming. It's all scary. I, I tried to shut to, up, simple. Someone says this: No effing way you out coach in a loss. Mm, well, we don't have to debate that, but I, I would say out coach Tucker. How many first downs did Michigan State have in the first half? In the second half. I don't remember. Zero is the number. Husker Fan of Manhattan says, Nick Saban says, get old and stay old in terms of your players. Yeah. yeah. You well, keep saying this team is young, but what? it's pretty young. I just went through it. It's a class. That they only have like, eight seniors, Jake. They have only eight seniors. Eight seniors on the roster. Eight seniors on the roster, Jake. But here's the thing. But you're, what? you're still, you have all these reasons, ammunition to keep Frost, that is an excuse for him. Mm-hmm. But it still comes down to winning games. I'm not making excuses. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just stating facts. Those aren't excuses. He has eight seniors. That's a fact. He has 49 freshmen, redshirt freshmen. That's not an excuse. That's a fact. I just but went isn't through the. It, is it an excuse for why things aren't working? I'm not. Out? I'm not using that. Oh no! I'm just. Why is that fact being brought up if it's not? An I'm excuse? not. Just, I'm just pointing out. You, you just have to. I think you have to be fair. I mean, you want him gone, so you don't want to hear any of this. I get that. That's fine. It's, it's just really frustrating. I get it. It's frustrating for me, too. Because I, here's hey, the thing. I, I agree with Sean. I, I agree with Sean. Why not just show up on Saturday and beat a Purdue team you should beat on your home field and not go minus four and play a good game, solid game? That, you play a good, solid game. You're even in the, in the turnover department. You beat Purdue. It's really, really there's, – there's no excuse for that loss. Minnesota same way. You just can't have it. It's like the text that came in from the former Nebraska player, All-American, great player, that said simply after the Minnesota loss, it was a great text, that loss can't happen. 
Fact. I, I get it. I stood there watching that game and thought, this is awful. It was bad. Yeah. This is awful. And it's too many times Nebraska shows up against the good teams but loses close and gives you hope, and then they lose to the teams you're supposed to beat. Right. And that's just like, right. what do we do with this? How it. do we assess this in terms of this is going to change next year or it's going to stop happening? Now, some people are going to say, okay, now wait, why is that awful? Nebraska lost on the road to the team that's leading the division, Minnesota. It's awful – because you're waiting for that type of win to happen. You thought after they came close against Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Michigan that they're ready to break down the door. Instead, they didn't show they did. up. Yeah, they didn't. They right. proved that's not the case. Right. They, they played well in two games or you know a couple games, but lost, and they didn't back it up. That's why, again, I keep saying, you're right. I came on the show the Monday after the Michigan game, and I said, yeah, this is going the right direction. They're good. And then they failed to do what I expected right. the next two games against winnable opponents. Mm-hmm. Prove that you are going to build on that and go the right direction, and we're all on the same page again. But no. Listen, listen. Kaz comes with some good information. Iowa is the fifth, Iowa is the fifth youngest team in the country mm. with 71.5% of its roster made up of true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and sophomores. Oregon that percentage is 73.6. Oregon, that's top 10 Oregon. Florida State, terrible, 73%. Um, Anyway, Iowa is the fifth youngest team in the country with 71.5% of its roster made up of two freshmen. What what team did you mention after Oregon? Oh, I mentioned um, Oregon. Yeah, then who? (laughs) Florida State. Oh, Florida State, okay. Terrible. East Carolina and Stanford. Gotcha. Well, I was young, and right. there's you know they have a rough stretch now, but they they were number two in the country right. with that young team. Yeah, you like those Hawkeyes? I do not like those Hawkeyes. Hey, we gotta get to Jeff. We gotta get to Jeff. He's after Brandon. Hey, Jeff, just hold on. I mean, Jeff called yesterday, and we blew him off. That was not yesterday. It was a couple of days okay. ago. Okay, Jeff, you'll be second up. But on, first, Jeff. we have a call from Brandon. Brandon, you're on early break. Go ahead. Morning, guys. Hey. Um, I think the thing that's really stood out to me here over the last couple of years, and okay. I, it's escaped my mind, Chip. I know I brought it up the year after uh, Scott's first year. Who was the free safety that, or the safety that came up from UCF that we had on defense? Neil. Um, yeah. Trey, Trey, Neil. Uh, Trey Neal. Trey Neal. Trey Neal. I, and I said at that point in time, I think his pure leadership ability and understanding of that defense and just being within that program was a huge asset that if we look back on someday, yeah, we're going to wish we had. And I think the leadership ability is there with our seniors. I don't know. You know, obviously I'm not in the program. You don't see that day in and day out. You guys don't get to go to practice. But you don't see that leadership person on the field, whether it be a defensive guy going up to hype up the offense or an offensive guy going up, whoever it would be. You don't see that. I mean, you watch Caleb Williams at Oklahoma. They have a strong drive on offense and score. First thing he's doing, he's going over to the defense, getting them fired up. You see it elsewhere. Uh, I mean, you see it with Olave at, at Ohio State. Like, we don't have a leader on the field, I feel like, that – is there to take over in those crunch time plays. And the other thing is, I'm not going to say to keep Scott or to not keep him, but okay. I think the thing that's frustrating to me as a fan is, who are you going to go out and get? 
number one, you're either going to have to go out and get some other assistant or maybe an up-and-coming coach, and we're going to be in the same boat that we've been in how many years in a row after we've fired a coach now. Mm-hmm. I don't think Nebraska is going to go out and say, hey, walk up to Jimbo Fisher or Nick no. Saban because he's at the end of his tenure, or even look at Urban Meyer and say, hey, how much money is it going to take to get you to get here? Because we know that $7, $8 million a year isn't going to get one of those guys here. <laughs> You're going to have to dig deep into the pocketbook. Yeah. You're probably looking, what, probably $15 million a year? No, no. Consider getting one of those? No, not you that much. So? No, nine, eight, eight, nine, something like so, that. You don't think to come to Nebraska where it's been <laughs> mediocre for 20 years now and the well, fact of how no. difficult things are here? No, but you can't. You can't just upset the budget apple barrel. No, you can't. I, it wouldn't be that much, but I understand where you're coming from. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to get somebody here with that kind of a caliber of a coach. It's just you're going to have to I pay can't. them. I mean, <clears throat> I really think you're going to have to. $15 million is way too much. Yeah. I mean, it's... All right, thank you, Brandon. Anyway, 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 let's get to Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you are second up. Jeff, go ahead. You're in an early break. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to just say that um, I know this is a, is it is a tough decision, but there's a few things that I consider. Okay. Uh, one, I mean, obviously it was tough for everybody, but it's really tough when you have a young developing program. The COVID year, it just, you know, it set a lot of things back. So, you know, you could easily say this is more like a year three than year four. And that's not even really an excuse. That's even the NCA, you know, gave every player that wanted that extra year of eligibility. And, I mean, I think the COVID year, it really, it just broke the continuity of what they wanted to do. And it's not really making an excuse that that, that was, you know, that they should be better. I mean, but I'm just saying the continuity of what you're trying to do was broken up by that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, kind of like the other caller was mentioning, if, you know, if you do get rid of Frost, whether the guy, whatever coach they would hire, he's going to have to be a great, like one of the best coaches to take, take the program where it's been for the last four years and then suddenly turn it around to where everybody wants it to be winning seven, eight, nine, ten games and getting to a bowl game. I mean, you're going to have to find a great coach, like somebody that's awesome, like because there's a lot of coaches out there that are probably on the same level. You know, there's a lot of good, good to average coaches. There's some below average, but there's only a few great coaches. And so we just expect that we think that okay, if we fire this coach we're going to find the great coach that can then just turn this program around and get it from where it's at to all of a sudden one of the best uh, programs in the Big Ten. And and it's, it's you know, to, to even to find that guy that mm-hmm. can do it like in three years where it's an incremental growth to where he gets it to the top, to find that guy, he's got to be a great coach. He's got to be probably one of the top 15, 20 coaches in the nation. Mm-hmm. So you – are gonna you're you're when you fire Frost, and to make the improvements that you want, you're gonna have to be lucky enough to find one of the best, probably 15 coaches in the nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, you know, yeah, that's a good point, Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, Jeff. That's a great point. It is. It's you're. It's kind of a the conversation is kind of do you 
it goes back to your trust frost process. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, and if you decide you don't, you have to tell me who is the guy then. I have the guy. Okay. And by the way, correction, those stats on the young, the Iowa being the fifth youngest team in the country with 71.5% freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and sophomores, that's actually from 2020. But that, yeah, I mean, that's safe. even better. Yeah. I mean, that's even more impressive. Go Hawkeyes, Jake. Bill O'Brien. That's your guy. Oh. Bill O'Brien. Parker Gabriel next in early break in the ticket. <laughs> <laughs>